0: And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday Morning Mosaic Worship Service. Garfield Memorial Church, Widening the Circle. Say amen if you're glad we don't have to do that. You ever meet you ever meet Christians and you say if that's what it means to be a Christian I don't really want to be any part of that. Yeah, that's like we that's not we're talking about serving today. That's not serving, all right. Just to be clear, just to be in case there was any confusion, I don't think there is. Uh, my name's Scott. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, and uh, I'm one of the teaching pastors, the micro church missional director here with Garfield Memorial Church. Um, Chip is very right. I, I, you know, this was this whole thing about the you know the gift and the dinner. That's you know very surprising, and uh, he was actually. He went a step further for mosaic worship here today, and he actually went to the other room to make the announcement, so I couldn't even throw my phone at him if I wanted to in the other room. He's always a step ahead of me, and he's, he's hitting below the belt with this whole silver anniversary thing. Uh, he's really making it hard, but it should be hard. It, it, it should be hard to leave. Uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time today talking about leaving. I'll be able to talk about that other times. But uh, uh, when you spend eight years with a group of folks, you really form deep bonds, and it should be hard to make those kind of transitions. 25 years even harder. So, but don't feel too bad for Chip. I can harass him any time I want to through the joys of the internet and Zoom. So, uh, so uh, we are continuing the series. Kurt got us kicked off on yesterday or last week uh, that, that Jesus never said, attend me. Uh, we put a lot of emphasis these days in church on attendance. How many people were at worship? How many people came to the event? How many people attended? But Jesus never said, attend me. Jesus said, follow me. And Kurt kicked us off last week talking about following Jesus through giving, really through returning to God, what already belongs to God, what he gave to us. Um, today I'm talking about service and, and, The message. I can sum up the message in one sentence today. And you're thinking, man, if Blevins does that, I'm just checking out. I'm playing on my phone the rest of the time. You're free to. Feel free to do that. You're welcome. Here's this. This is it. If you take only one thing away today, take this, that followers of Jesus are people who serve. Followers of Jesus are people who serve. Serving is inherent. Oops, I actually left the sample slide in there. Look at that. You can see that our scripture slides, we use the Calibri font of at least 28 to 30, and the scripture text, 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 highlight, bold yellow for emphasis. That was an accident. How about that? There we go. Jesus said, Follow me. Serving is inherent to following Jesus. Serving is inherent to following Jesus. If we're not serving, We really need to ask ourselves, am I really following? If I'm not serving, am I really following? I'm going to, I thought this was allergies. I think it's kind of turned into a cold, and I about lost my voice during the sermon at the last service. I'm going to speed things up because I don't want to lose my voice and miss some of the content, so we're going to move through this because this is, I think, this is basic foundational stuff that's so easy to miss because it's so easy to turn Christianity and church into a consumer culture and to say it's all about what I can get, what programs will serve me, what events will serve my family, what things will be done to make us feel better, to make us feel welcome, to make us feel loved. Um, how, how can I be fed? Maybe you've heard some of these things. Maybe if you're like me, you've said some of these things. But, but being a follower of Jesus, being a part of the church, is not about being served. Obviously, Jesus serves us. But once we become a follower of Jesus, we become, like Jesus, people who serve. People who serve. We can't avoid it. It's inherent in it. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me follow me, not just be able to quote what I said, not be able to say, I love Jesus, not just be able to say, I go to church, not just be able to say, i memorize memorized this much of the Bible. <clears throat> Here it's coming. <clears throat> Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be my follower, you need to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me, follow my example. It's inherent. It's unavoidable. If we're going to follow Jesus, we have to be people who serve because that's what Jesus did. (coughs) That night before he died, (coughs) and Chip read a larger, I'm reading a smaller chunk of this this time. I'm going to emphasize some some things. During the supper, starting down here at verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things and into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, Jesus got up from supper took off his outer robe, tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. So that was really weird in the video we just watched in Jesus' day and age. It wasn't as weird. Um, Getting your feet washed when you entered a house was a basic act of hospitality (coughs) (coughs) that you would have your feet washed what was weird about this was that when you went into a house and had your feet washed your feet would get washed by the lowest servant in the house it was the most menial job you could have to wash someone else's feet and here was Jesus who who knew he came from God and knew he was returning to God he hadn't forgotten who he was he knew he was God in the flesh he knew he was to be made the judge and and ruler of all the heavens and the earth and he did the job of the lowliest servant in the household he served he served and then he said this after he had washed their feet and had put his robe on and had reclined again he said to them do you know what I have done for you the implication being yeah you don't really get it I understand that you don't get it you call me teacher and lord and you're right for that's what I am So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, (coughs) nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. That word servants, we're going to pause on that for a second. In the Greek, the word is doulos. There's no good translation for that that makes sense to 21st century Americans, because the word doulos described a social and legal reality that does not exist for us. There is nothing analogous to that in our common experience. In some places, and some translations translate the word as servant, and the NRSV, where I took this from, different editions of the NRSV, some translated as servant, others translated as slave. Different places it's used in the New Testament. Sometimes it's used translated as servant. Sometimes it's translated as slave. Servant doesn't really capture it because for us, a servant is a paid employee. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some folks here with servants. I, I, I'm not sure I've ever met anyone. You know, Downton Abbey, they have servants on Downton Abbey, but that's not really my experience. Um, and that word slave, because we're 21st century Americans, that means something different to us than it did in Jesus' day. Still not a relationship and not an arrangement we would want, but it doesn't capture what Jesus was talking about. I'm going to use the word servant because I need to use a word. And, uh, um, but just know this is not a paid employee. It was a relationship that was a voluntary relationship on the part of both the master and the servant, where the servant said, I want to be bonded to this master for the rest of my life. And there was a public ritual that went along with it. Out in public the servant would stand up against the door. The master would pierce their ear with an awl. And that was a, 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 a declaration to everyone by the servant. The servant was saying, this is the person I want to serve forever. I trust them to care for me, to protect me, and to provide for me. And I love them enough, and I respect them enough, and I honor them enough that I want to serve them for the rest of my life. And the master was saying... I take responsibility for this person to provide for them to meet their needs to guard them and protect them as they do my work and my will in the world and in this household. It was a public thing, it was a voluntary thing, it was a permanent thing. We have a ritual for that now in the church too. Baptism. Baptism. I'm kind of glad it's not piercings. I've never, never had the guts to do that y'all with piercings are braver than i am a public declaration that we make not that we're a fan of Jesus not that we really like Jesus not that we admire Jesus not that we want Jesus to be our number one personal consultant in our life but when we get baptized we're saying i belong to Jesus i am now no longer my own i am his I am his servant for him to tell me what he wants me to do or not do or say or not say. Where to go or not to go. That's what Jesus meant when he said, deny yourself deny yourself and take up your cross. I don't want to spend too much time taking that apart, but we got to realize when Jesus said, take up your cross, he was not talking about the general sufferings and burdens of this life. Like, oh my goodness, I've got a really bad cold this week. Well, Scott, we all have our crosses to bear. That's not a cross. It's not. When you took up your cross, you were on your way to die. If you had taken up your cross, you had no preferences. You had no expectations. You got to make no demands. You had no plans for the future because you were on your way to die. And Jesus says, this is the daily attitude of my followers, that we deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus, that we give up our privileges, our expectations, our preferences, our politics, and say, Jesus, whatever you want, wherever you want with whomever you want I'm your man I'm your woman this is the attitude of service that Jesus calls us to the amazing thing is is that Jesus doesn't just call us to it he lived it for us as an example before I get into that though I got to make this clear that this business of following Jesus like this now that i I've got control of my slides today. This is a dangerous thing because if I get out of sync, then I got no one to blame but me. Where are we going? There we go. I was right. Whew. Sometimes I get my notes out of order with the slides, and then I get all confused. This is not. This is for everybody. This is for the leaders and the non-leaders. It's not just for you know people in the Christian Hall of Fame. It's not just for the pastor or the bishop. It's not just for the ordained folks. It's not just for people on staff. And it's not just for the regular folks and ordinary folks. You know, you all aren't here to serve Chip and Terry and me and Steve and, and Theron and, 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 and uh, uh, anybody that's on staff. We're all serving together. We're all servants. Some of the key people in the New Testament called themselves adulas. That word, by the way, used over 130 times in the New Testament. We don't use it as much, do we? We we just don't. We like Christian. Christian's a nice word. Uh, It it literally means little Christ. Uh, It's a nice word. It's used once in the New Testament to describe followers of Jesus. The word saint is used a lot. We usually don't like that one either because that feels really arrogant. I'm 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 a saint. I'm expecting my stained glass window next week. But the word doulos... Servant is used over and over and over and over again. One of the notable things about it is that some of the most prominent, well-known followers of Jesus referred to themselves in this way. Paul, Peter, Jude, John, James, all referred to themselves as a doulos, as a servant. They also referred at times to the people that they were serving, sometimes as saints, sometimes as doulasses. Do not tell my Greek professor that I said doulasses. I say doulasses because I have no idea what the plural of doulos is in the Greek. Someone should have laughed at it. My daughter, if she ever watches this online, will laugh at that. John 1-7 is a clear example of that. Okay, I didn't include that. John 1-7 is a clear example of that. John I'm sorry, Revelation 1 7. John is writing Revelation, uh, and, and, and this is the way he begins it. He says this the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, his doulases. that's all of us what must soon take place. And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, his doulas, John. Whether you're one of the 12 apostles or just one of the regular us, you're a doulas. A servant it's for all of us it's for all of us there are a lot of different ways to serve serving takes different forms and different formats for different followers um some some servants well in the in the book of acts acts chapter 6 there were a lot of folks coming to follow jesus through the the testimony of the apostles um, following pentecost when the holy spirit came it was awesome uh, at least so i've read i was not there i'm old i'm not that old a lot of folks coming to follow Jesus, a lot of poor folks coming to follow Jesus. And one of the first things the church said is we got to serve folks. If they've got a need, we've got to help meet that need. We're going to provide food. And and what happens when large groups of human beings get together to receive services, discrimination happens. And, and, and lo and behold, it was ethnic discrimination. The ethnic Jewish followers of Jesus were excluding the ethnic Hellenistic Greek followers of Jesus. The Greek followers of Jesus, the poor folks there, were not getting a fair share of the daily distribution of food. And the problem was brought to the disciples. And Peter said, look, <clears throat> this is a real problem, and this is really important, but we apostles, we've got this job that God has given us, Jesus has given us, the way we're serving is we're serving through the sharing of the word and through prayer. And, and if you read what he actually said, did I put it in there? I did. No. Yeah. Peter said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. That could sound really condescending if we don't understand the context. It really condescending. Oh, this is <laughs> wait on table. I'm a Preacher. You want me to wait at the tables and serve food? It's not what Peter's saying. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. The biggest one is, I think, and I want to highlight is, is what he said next. He said, therefore, brothers and sisters, select from among you yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task. Peter was not saying this is an unimportant job that just anybody can do. Therefore, I'm above this job. We apostles, this is beneath us. It's not what he's saying. He's saying this is an important job. And you need to get people who are gifted and skilled and capable to do this job because this is not the job we've been called to. It's important, but it's different. And so they got these folks uh, what they said pleased the whole community. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, and a proselyte of, Antio- a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, <coughs> ordained them for this ministry, set them aside for it. Here, interesting side note. Gotta say this because we gotta say this. The division was an ethnic division. And, and the folks being excluded, excluded were ethnic Greeks, every one of the people put in charge of this ministry have a Greek name. How about that? They picked the folks that were being excluded to manage the ministry from which they were being excluded. Servants serve in different ways in different times and different places. It doesn't make one more valuable than the other. It doesn't make one more important than the other. But we have different tasks at different Points in our lives, different seasons in our lives, and there are different ways to serve within the church. There are other things about serving. Serving takes different forms for different occasions and different needs. There's a lot of different ways to serve. I can't remember what I had next. Yeah, there we go. Institutional and organizational serving. Institutional, or it's an important part of serving in the church. We are an organization. And there are needs that come from, we're not, we didn't all just happen to show up here today with a building that just happened to be here and chairs happened to be arranged in just the right place. This is an organization, which means we organize this stuff, right? It may sound obvious because it is. And there are needs within an organization. We need folks to set up the chairs. We need custodians. We need the tech folks in the back to make sure everyone can be heard and seen. We need the band members. We need our worship leaders. We need our Kid Space leaders and our Kid Space, you know, the the other folks, all the folks serving in Kid Space. We need our hospitality team. We need Fred out in the parking lot. We need these folks all serving in different ways, serving the organized events and services and missions and and ministries ministries of the church flora and a group of other folks over at south euclid right now preparing for a community baby shower lots of organizational institutional needs that need to be filled by servants who are then serving other people that are coming in these needs are important every single one of them every single one of them is part of us following the mission god has given us of connecting diverse people who share a common brokenness with Jesus. But there are other ways of serving. There's also the daily life serving stuff, the things that just come up day in and day out where we have opportunities to serve other people or to put our needs first. And that's the challenge. See, we don't stop serving. Again, we're not attenders, we're followers. We don't stop serving when we step away from attendance at the church event. We don't stop being servants when we're at Walmart or we're at Macy's or we're at the gas station or we're driving down the highway or we're at school or we're at work. We don't stop being servants. We're called to serve in those places too. We're called to, well, what are we called to? What does the service look like? Yeah, yeah, there's different ways of serving, different manifestations. There's different contexts for serving, institutional and personal, daily life stuff. But there are some things about serving that are common to all of these, and this is the stuff that we need to wrap our brains around and integrate into all of these things. Serving has attributes common to all followers of Jesus. John said this, or Jesus said this, John wrote it down. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. The example that we have for serving is Jesus and his love for us. He said this just shortly after he washed his disciples' feet. Just a few minutes later, just as I have loved you, you should all love one another. And this is how everyone's going to know that you're my disciples. Not because you can answer Bible trivia questions, not because you've got perfect attendance at worship services or Bible studies, but because you're loving, because we're loving. Paul wrote it this way. If there is any comfort in Christ, any consolation from love, any partnership in the Spirit, any tender affection and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And then he tells us, the mind that was in Christ Jesus who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. He didn't cling to his privilege. He didn't cling to his privilege. Instead, he emptied himself, denied himself, taking the form of a slave. That's that word doulos. And assuming human likeness and being a found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of the death, even death on a cross. Jesus denied himself, took up his cross, and humbly served and this is the attitude for all christians at all times everywhere i did this in the first service i should have looked it up between i I had in my head there's a great japanese theologian whose name i have just totally forgotten i didn't put it in my notes because i like i've read like four of his books i'm not going to forget his name i've forgotten it again he talked about this business and in one of his books, he said that the Christian attitude should not be a triumphalistic, crusading attitude. We're going to go out and win the world for Jesus. We're going to go out and show other people how we really ought to be living. So the mental attitude of followers of Jesus is that we should have a crucified mind that when we go to Walmart, when we're driving on the highway, when we're interacting with people at work, we empty ourselves. We humble ourselves. We, we don't act out of selfish ambition or empty conceit. We look not to our own interests, but to the interests of others, regarding others as better than ourselves they don't make doormats of ourselves we have jesus said I, he said he came from god he was going to god i got news from you you came from god and you're going back to god yeah. while we're here like jesus we can humble ourselves because we know that doesn't make us nothing because we come from god and we're going back to god with that cons- with that knowledge with that firm understanding of who we are, where we come from, and where we're going, we can humble ourselves and lift others up and seek to serve their interests even to the point of denying ourselves, even to the point of dying in service. This is the common stuff for all service. Whether you're standing up on the stage and preaching, or whether you're clean in the bathroom, please don't go knock on your neighbor's door and ask to wash their feet. If you do, please take a video. <laughs> you really, really want to see that. Wherever your context, however you're serving, this is the attitude. This is the mind. Loving as Jesus loved. Self-denial, humility, honoring others more than self, and submitting to one another. Think what a different place Twitter would be if everyone on there had this attitude. Everyone doesn't. But if you're a follower of Jesus, that's a place to serve too. That's a place to serve too. How do we do that? How do we get there? How do we engage in serving? I've got a few simple steps feel like an infomercial at this point every time i get to the how tos part part of a sermon i feel like an infomercial pray go figure start with prayer start with prayer jesus said stay in jerusalem pray power will come you'll know what you're supposed to do they're like what are we doing you're gonna bring back the kingdom ah, ah, give us clear instructions here's the clear instruction pray pray and say to god Where and when do you want me serving? To whom, who do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to go? Remember, we're servants, right? We don't go to God and say, God, this is what I'm going to do for you today. Let me tell you, God, what I'm doing for you this year. That's not how servant works. The servant, the Douglas, goes to the master and says, how do you want me to serve this year? Where do you want me? What do you want me to be doing? And we ask. There's lots of folks around here you can ask. You can ask Chip. You can ask Terry. You can ask me. You can ask uh, Theron. You can ask uh, uh, Dave in the back. You can, Dre and Leah, how can I serve? Kenya, go ask Kenya over in kid space. How can I serve? Ask Theron, he's taking over leadership at Kids Club. How can I serve? What needs do you have? Ask Flora, how can I serve? What needs do you have? And then listen. Listen and look. It's a little easier when you're asking about the institutional, that kind of service. Where can I serve? How can I serve? If you ask that and immediately walk away, you know you've messed up. You stay and you listen to the answer. The praying stuff. And the daily life stuff it's a little harder because god will put people in front of you for you to serve that you don't want to serve that's kind of how god rolls that's how he do you pray for humility you pray god i want to be humble and i want to serve god will put someone in front of you that you're going to have to humble yourself and bite your tongue and say I didn't mean this and God said yes you did it's what you asked for <laughs> deny yourself Take, and it, it'll hurt it'll be inconvenient it'll be unpleasant it'll be disruptive to your life it might even cause you to suffer you know what Jesus hung on the frickin' cross do you think that was convenient for him you think that was not disruptive for him. It was suffering. And he says, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me, follow me, deny yourself and serve. If you are asking God, how can I serve? God will answer that question every time. If you keep your eyes open and your ears open and look at the people God puts in front of you, whether it's school or work or Walmart or Macy's or wherever, God will put those folks there. And our task, the great thing, the great thing about baptism is anybody can get baptized, even people that are, have a fear of needles. The great thing about serving, this is so beautiful that jesus made serving the primary mark of being his follower is anybody can serve anybody can serve you know you can't be you can't endow not everyone can endow a building for cleveland clinic or university hospital not everybody can do that not everyone can play and sing up on stage not everybody everybody can serve everybody However old you are, however young you are, whatever your station in life, and if you say, but Pastor Scott, I am so busy meeting my own needs right now, there's no way I can serve, then you're too busy. All right? Take a step back. We can all serve. It's who we are as followers of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.